To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not just their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. To the Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. Well, well, well. Hello, everyone. Around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Grogu's and grow guys. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to... The Chiss Ascendancy. Episode 48 and the title of this episode is The Mandalorian Season 2. The subtitle is? Hindsight's 2020. Hindsight is 2020. It's kind of a 2020 joke. It's been a crazy year, um, but a great year in some respects. And so we get a ton of looking at the negative all the time. It's time to look at the positive. Look at the yeah, look at the positive. Uh, and so what we want to do is, I know this is Mandal- Mandalorian Overload since we just put out our review for the final episode of Season 2. It's never enough. But uh, yeah, it's never enough. And uh, I don't know what the freak I'm going to do for the next year. But uh, we have some cool things, <clears throat> uh, questions and segments that basically are going to look back on Season 2 as a whole. So we have done review episodes of every episode of The Mandalorian, uh, every chapter that that is. Um, but this is looking at the whole year yeah. of Mandalorian um, and just kind of doing a review, doing some soul searching of to live up to our expectations. Is it what we thought? Is it what we predicted? The answer is yes. Um, and just kind of what, what Season 1 looked like, what Season 2 looked like, what Season 3 might look like, and go from there. All Very right. Good. Very good. Uh, so, a first segment. Was it what we thought it would be? In a lot of ways, a lot of specific ways, yes. Uh, yeah, that was kind of my thought. Specifically, like detail-wise, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? I'm going to say it. I don't care that you broke your elbow. <laughs> um, Star Wars is a game of highs and lows. And I will say... That there are a lot of times that you leave a theater or a show and as a fan you think of things that you could have done to make the show or movie better or things that you wish you would have seen. And I've got to say that The Mandalorian, specifically speaking on season two, um, exceeded my expectations, which is hard to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's I think that's the reason why, you know... You you grow up with Star Wars. You have the original trilogy, right? And you think the prequels are going to feel that way, and they just didn't, you know. And then people our age grew up with the prequels, and that's that's the gold mine. And are the sequels going to feel like how we feel Star Wars feels? And they just didn't. Yeah. And um, not that they were you know bad, but just felt different, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of like you have your best best friend, and then you have your second best friend. And you still like this other person, but it's just not the same. And that's kind of how it's felt. Um, And then Mandalorian has just 
blown my mind on every level. That's been phenomenal. Um, I it would be hard to say that I expected everything that happened to happen. Right. I mean, that would be a that would be a lie. Yeah. We were kind of ahead of the curve. I'm just gonna pat us on the back a little bit. Mm -hmm. We were talking about Cobb Vanth before anybody else was talking about Cobb Vanth. That's right. That's why you read your books. Yeah. We were. I mean, we were just doing things that nobody else was doing. Mm -hmm. But then there were things like uh, everything else that happened that were just. Yeah. It was crazy because. There were a handful of times that I was like, you know, it'd be cool if this and this and this. And um, <clears throat> it was very interesting that some of those things happened that were, that's just so mind blowing to me that we can say, you know, uh, okay, for instance, um, for episode nine, mm-hmm. The Rise of Skywalker, I was saying how cool it would be if, you know, somehow Kylo Ren talks to, um, you know, the Sith ghost of Dar- you know Darth Revan or Darth Bane or like things that are crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, what if, um, okay, here was a big one for me was, uh, what if Luke is so powerful that after death, not only can he transcend, you know, the spiritual plane, like we've seen Obi-Wan or Qui-Gon or Yoda do, mm-hmm. what if he can transcend the physical plane, which Yoda kind of did in The Last Jedi, but I'm talking full on like, you know, we saw the concept art where he grabs Kylo's saber, stuff like that. And I said things like that thinking, probably not going to happen, but I would personally really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And we said things about this season like, you know, what about a Kree dragon? How neat would that be? What about, you know, people kept saying, I think Boba Fett gets defeated by the Mandalorian. And I said, I think he teams up with the Mandalorian. Um, you know, what if they're looking for a Jedi and the Jedi they find is Ahsoka because she's out there looking for Ezra. And what if Ahsoka... Mentions Thrawn. These are things that are just way out there in space of yeah. your fandom, and they happened. Yeah. Um, just some really cool things. So I would say that it, it there were things that didn't happen that I expected, and there were far more things that did happen that I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. So I would say you never could have guessed, obviously, what was in store for the whole season, but it was what I was hoping for, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like we were saying it for the Mandalorian review, like something amazing, I guess, you mm-hmm. know, from the from the Incredibles, and it was, it was absolutely fantastic. Yes. Um, so I would get, I would say yes, it was what we thought it would be. I just write that down for myself. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, okay. Next segment is best episode or episodes. So I guess you can say what your favorite episode is, and then give us your top. Well, I gotta go with rescue. Okay. What's going to freaking beat that, dude? Yeah, nothing. nothing. Okay, so Rescue is your number one. Give me your top... Uh, there's eight of them. Give me your top half. Top four. Top half. All right. Uh, so Rescue's one. Rescue's number one. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, here's where it gets tricky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go uh, the Marshall, number two. Okay. Cobb Vance and some great Tuscan action. A nice sandwich, so we got to... Figure out the middle bit. Uh, Jedi, because Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, tragedy, because we got some sweet Boba action. Okay. Honorable um, mention, Believer, yeah. for the seismic charge. Oh, yeah. Honorable mention here. Okay. <clears throat> Which is funny. I think I rated Believer. No, no, I rated Tragedy at 10. 
Okay, I'm trying to remember my ratings. Okay, here's me. Um, Rescue is one, obviously. Um, two for me is Tragedy. Obviously, Boba Fett, my favorite all-time character. Seeing him, just hearing him talk, hearing the, um, you know, the fact that Boba Fett used, used the word forebears was just super cool. Like For, the way he didn't have any hair, like the way he yeah, breathed. Anything and everything he did. I mean, we saw him clubbing people to death with a freaking Gabby stick. It was stick. cool, man. It was cool. Um, I've been waiting my entire life for that. Okay, one, two, tragedy. I'll say three, Marshall, and four, Jedi. Okay. Um, I'm not the biggest Ahsoka fan. I do like her. It's not that I, I don't like her, but I'm not like, oh, she's my favorite, you know? Yeah. She's not in my top favorite, like, five or seven Jedi. Jedi was in my top half. Fourth Ron. Fourth Ron, and also because we got the child's name. That, that was, was very that was uh, thing. Very important, and his backstory. Mm -hmm. And the Beskar Spear. Mm-hmm. So those are all very important things. Uh, the Marshall for me was above Jedi just because Tuscans were on my brain at the time and Crate Dragon. It was cool, man. I've freaking my, cool Crate Dragon. to see that. The I've been Googling pictures of a Crate Dragon since for I years. was freaking like eight yeah, years old. They're very inconsistent, but now we know. Now we know. Um, and Cobb Vanth, that was when we know for sure Boba's on the scene. Mm -hmm. We get the mm -hmm. Crate Pearl. Mm-hmm. Uh, which they say can be condensed into a kyber crystal, so that'll be freaking raw. Right? Yeah. What if Who it... said that? I've been waiting all season to do that. Um, Legends materials. Looking forward to this. Yeah, this, the core, the center of a Kray Dragon Pearl um, can be used as a kyber crystal replacement. Is mm. that crazy or what? Just something I read. Not that it's le uh, canon, but pretty cool. Um, okay. You know what? Something that I realized. This is off topic. But okay, I'm go ahead. About it. I was listening to Heir to the Empire yesterday. Yeah. And there was a little bit of that story that was taken and used in Solo. Oh, really? Um, so they talked about the last Kessel run that they had made, and then after that was the Sabacc game where Lando lost the Millennium Falcon to Han. Oh, they said that in the book? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was something else that was important, and I think they did it in Mando, and I can't remember what it is now. Mm. Interesting. But I just think it's cool that there are some things that are being pulled from mm. the outside world. Yeah, that is cool. Um, okay, so best episodes. We obviously both agree the rescue's the best. I want to say, I want to talk about something for rescue's a little bit. Rescue's the best, you. Um... I did, uh, there's a guy on Instagram that I'm friends with, uh, that posted that he had mixed emotions about the rescue because he felt like the integrity of the Mandalorian as an, as a show was sacrificed or felt a little sacrificed for fan service. It's Monday by the time this comes out. So to see Luke on screen, what do you think about that? And do you have a problem with fan service? Can there be too much fan service? Serve me. <laughs> I always, it's... When I, it comes I, to things I want in Star Wars, I'm like freaking hedonism bot from Futurama. I'm just like a chaise lounge chair with legs. <laughs> feeding myself grapes. My teeth are stained purple. I want more. That's funny. I Yeah, it's... Mm -hmm. I guess there is, you know... 
I don't know. They're the initial reaction that I feel I think is anger. The most important the most important thing as far as um okay, so like for instance, um, you know, I've had friends who left the theater having seen Rise of Skywalker and loved it and was like, man, definitely my top three, you know, something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And then they get on Dadgum YouTube Mm -hmm. and listen to everybody poop on it. And they're like, yeah, it is pretty, pretty bad, you know, really fast paced, you know, this, this, and this. To me, it's like, why would you let someone ruin Star Wars for you? Mm -hmm. And not that this guy I'm talking about that's talking about the rescue feels that way, but I do think there are a lot of people that, I don't know. Maybe they 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 dig the feeling of. Here's the thing, though. Maybe they feel superior because they're in their mind. They can think of a better story. I guess I, I don't, don't understand. I don't want to assume their intentions, but from episode eight, chapter eight, mm-hmm. we've known that the ultimate driving quest for season two was going to be finding the child's kind. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Never in my wildest dreams did I think it would be Luke. Right. Just because it seemed too perfect. You know what I mean? But what's more vulnerable than a peach? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was the perfect move because yeah. it's Luke. You yeah. know what I mean? We already know that Luke from the Kylo Ren comic series is reestablishing the Jedi Order mm-hmm. to some extent. Um, we know that he's on the hunt. We know that he's the most force aware person in the galaxy at the time. If anybody's going to answer the call, it's going to be him. You know what I mean? He's the yeah. most in the no person in the galaxy at this time. Yeah, it's very true. If anybody could, if if the radio is going and it's like a weak signal, the person who has the strongest receiver right. is Luke Skywalker. It's going to be freaking Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Also, who at this time, I guess, I still would have liked to have seen Quinlan Voss. I still would have liked to have seen Kukrook. I would have lost my mind for either of those. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard because those two characters are not touched on at all at this era to set up that grand entrance like we had for Luke. Yeah. You see one X-Wing fly in, you know what the frick is going down. Yeah. Um, still, would have lost my mind if I saw Vosirka Crook. I yeah. Thought, I thought that those were great candidates. Um, still not upset about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's interesting because, um, you know, this guy that I know on Instagram, he also writes. Mm-hmm. And so he was thinking, you know, did they... The coolest thing about the Mandalorian going in is that it was its own thing. Right. It has it lost its... And I get that. But, but here's at the, the thing same time, that... seeing like countless, myself, you, friends that we know, people online, um, just seeing like people who are... Uh, okay, like my friend Caleb, who loves Star Wars. He's a Star Wars fan, but he's not like diehard, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and he was texting a group chat that I'm in. He was like, yep, so I cried. Uh, you know, Luke being there, I think, opened up the emotional door for when he really... I guess when you see Luke, you're like, he ha- he's for sure going to go. Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, I thought it was cool that Luke's like, he's asking for your permission. Yeah. I, I just think that there's something powerful about that at first initial reaction of mm-hmm. it did feel right. Mm-hmm. And it did get that emotion out of well, us. That's the thing is that everybody was going for these crazy off-the-wall theories, you know, because up to this point, Mando had been so buck wild. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, just left and right, things mm-hmm. are happening. 
and people are saying Mace Windu. You know, we had our own speculative theories, but I think... Dude, Mace, I think Mace Windu would have been more off the wall and not more fan servicey, but more like... Makes a lot less sense. Like, where the frick was he? Like, you know what I mean? More, more, um, nerd flex. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, I, I just think that choosing Luke is beautiful for its simplicity. Mm. Because it's the obvious choice, I think it's like... The perfect choice. You yeah. know what I mean? Does that it, make sense? Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, it's so... It's I think so, the conversation it's so that... expected that it was unexpected. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, the conversation that I kept having with everyone that I talked to was, he's such a big character. Mm -hmm. How can he do it? But dadgummit, they keep doing it. They keep doing such a good job. Dave well, Filoni and John Favreau and, and Peyton me. Reed was the director yeah. for this one. Um, you know... At the very end of, it makes me, I'm not trying to pit Star Wars against one another, but it makes me frustrated at the sequel trilogy to know that we could have gotten so much more Luke and still had a good story. Mm. Like the, the whole episode was cool and then we got five minutes of Luke at the end and he did not, he loomed large. It's, it's, it's the exact same as Rogue One Darth Vader. You get the whole movie, true, but that one moment is like, all right, everybody, shut up. And at the same time, I still remember being so enthralled by the action sequence that we got with Luke mm -hmm. in the Last Jedi. You know what I mean? Seeing him basically make Kylo Child's play and not even make contact. Yeah. Well, I guess what I'm talking about is specifically The Force Awakens when right. the whole movie I'm waiting to see Luke freaking Skywalker, the greatest Jedi of all time, mm -hmm. and he's there at the end. And JJ's, not excuse, but his reasoning was when Luke is on the screen, nobody else matters, and I'm trying to establish these characters. Mm -hmm. And um, But in his defense, we have 10 hours of Mando stuff leading up to this right. moment right. before Luke is on screen. So that's very true. It's very, it's a balancing act. And I don't think you can really compare the sequel trilogy well, with the, the bat, 10 hours of Mando stuff that we have right off now. Off the bat, who's going to get more attached to freaking Finn Stormtrooper than Grogu? Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm going to be way more attached to this character instantaneously. Yeah. Then Finn's going to have to win me over. Well, yeah, the Mandalorian got to piggyback off of 40 years of Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Not that he is needs to be Boba Fett, but it's he's the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. And whether you want to say Boba Fett is or not or whatever, that's the character that we've identified Mandalorians by for the last 40 years. Um. Also, there's this quote. I can't remember if I said this off air or if it was during the recording for um, for um, the Mando review. Sorry, I had a, a brain fart. But if you guys haven't seen this movie, it's a great movie. It's, it is animated, but it's fantastic. It's called Prince of Egypt. Um, and it's the story of the exodus of the Hebrews leaving their bondage in Egypt. Uh, it's the story of Moses and all them. And there's the moment where Moses kills a man and he's... He's being, you know, he's exiling himself, which is a little off the beaten path of the true story, but it's no big deal. So he's leaving, right? And Ramses wants him to stick around. And Ramses has just recently become Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. And he says, I am Egypt, the morning and the evening star. If I say day is night, it shall be written. And you will be who I say you are. I say you are innocent. Mm -hmm. Basically giving Moses the out. Don't leave. I love you. I'm your brother. Whatever I say goes around here. So if I say you're innocent, it doesn't matter what you've done. Mm. Din Djarin 
holds the Darksaber at this moment in time. And he says that Boba Fett is a Mandalorian. The son of a foundling. So uh, I could give two craps what Bo-Katan says. Or if she dies in a fire. And that's how I feel. What happened to the, uh... The Mando? Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. He just kind of dropped off. Maybe he was sick of their bullcrap. <laughs> sick of Bo-Katan and that wrestler girl being in a freaking bad mood all the time. He did seem to have the best sense of humor. Hmm. Yeah. It was... Bo-Katan definitely felt a little bit on the villainy side this episode. Not villain, but like anti-hero. She didn't feel like she was really part of the crew. I mean, she was trying to keep things together. You know what I mean? Yeah. When, when Boba and What's-Her-Face were fighting. Does she have a name? Yeah, I can't remember what it is. Not important. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, she's yeah. kind of doing that, but she was also kind of antagonisty. Well, it's just like... You just, you know, you had to beg the Republic to come help you save Mandalore, and then you're going to make fun of clones, which, first of all, that's, like, a good way to get on a ton of people's bad side is to talk crap about the clones. Um, and then, secondly, you lost the, the Mandalore again to Gideon. So it's not like she's exactly on a hot streak and she got cheated out of it. Yeah. Um, okay, so back on track, third segment, rate the season 1 to 10. 10. Done. <laughs> Same. I loved it. Super easy segment. Next segment. <laughs> okay. So this is the one that's kind of fun. Okay. So here's what I wanted to do. Uh, comparing seasons one and two. Okay. Are we going to go like one to one or are we going to try to find their equal? Uh, which one would you rather do? I was thinking one to one, but we can try to do both. I'm good with either. It'll be harder to do the other, but... It... Well, we can do... We can do... The one-to-one, two-to-two, super fast, and if we want to, get into the other one. Okay. Okay? Uh, so from season one, you have the premiere episode, The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. It's when we meet Din Djarin. Mm -hmm. um, we meet IG-11's uh, IG character. Yeah, like there we, in the end. The Quill, yeah, right there, you know, towards the middle. And then the end of the episode is the big Grogu reveal. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, season two, the first episode is The Marshal. Cobb Vanth, Tusken Raiders, Crate Dragon... Um, Boba Fett's armor is back. Which one is better? The Mandalorian or the Sher uh, the Marshal? They're both so special to me. I owe everything to the Mandalorian, but also I like what the Marshal did for me. <laughs> right? I think I'm going to go Marshal. Because if I had to pick my top half for season one... I don't think that the premiere is going to make it. I don't think the pilot's going to make it. But here we have the Marshall, and that's like my top two. Mm, I see what you're saying. Okay. So you're going to say season two on that one? Mm -hmm. I'm going to say season one. Okay. Um, you're wrong, but that's fine. I agree with everything you say, but I also feel like we forget how big the Baby Yoda no, reveal I, was. I, I, I'm thinking about that specifically is what's hard to make the difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, we're more attached to the character by season two, yeah. so it feels like we're on the journey with him more than just watching him do something, um, but giant space walrus, um, the kubaz, with the, the little flute yep, calling. Playing, playing Legend of Zelda out there on the ice. Yeah, that was really cool, uh, seeing that first fight scene where he uh, lassos yeah, the guy in and cuts him in cool. half. It's cool so, one-liner. It set the western tone. Yeah, definitely. 
But the the Marshall is fantastic. Also set the Western tone. I think that more so. At the end of the day, I'll like the Marshall more. But I feel like I owe so much to the first one, kind of like what you're saying. Okay. Um, Episode two, season one is the child. This is when um, Mm -hmm. the Razor Crest is ransacked and he needs Kuil's help to put it back together. It's the Suka episode, Mm -hmm. Mudhorn episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And then season two, episode two is the passenger. I'm going to go season one real hard on that. Same here. All right. Uh, Okay, I know where we're going with this one. (laughs) Episode three, uh, The Sin. This is where... Um, Din Djarin sells Grogu to uh, the client and goes back on, you know, goes back on it, retrieves the the baby, and then on the way out, Grief Karga and his crew are trying to take the child, and the Mandalorians from the local covert covert uh, come out, and the the Mandos come in full force to rescue. I think season one, episode three, might be my favorite episode of season one. Okay, so I'm gonna go season one. Okay. Uh, season two was the heiress, the big Bo-Katan reveal. Oh, yeah, I forgot you even hadn't said it. And I was already weighing it in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> she said uh, the big, the one of the bigger reveals was Bo-Katan was, was there. But at Bo-Katan the end, she said, there. if you go to this moon, then you'll find a Jedi named Ahsoka Tano. She can help you. Yeah. That was a big deal. But the sin was better. Yeah. In my opinion as well. Season one is actually doing pretty good so far. It's all right. It's going to pull ahead here in a minute. All right. Um, okay. Episode four. Mm-hmm. Of season one is Sanctuary. Uh, it's where we go to that forest planet. As we have the Klaatuinian Raiders and the cool ATST with red eyes. Uh, we meet Cara Dune, and she has that cool wrestling match where she's like tasered to the other guy. Um, That's not yet. Oh, you're right. He has to go back. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, the little shrimp farm, and mm-hmm. you have the lady that has the hots for Mando and tries to take his helmet off. Um, and basically, as far as shrimp farming widows goes, she's uh yeah she's up there pretty high on the list. Yeah, uh, this was the moment where also crack shot. Uh, yeah, Din Djarin was about to leave Grogu, mm-hmm. um, but decided not to when there was a bounty hunter that still found. Yeah, I guess he's, he still had the 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 tracker inside mm-hmm. of him, um, and then he leaves. Uh, episode four of season two was the siege. This is where they take over or destroy um, the secret Imperial base on... I can't remember the name of that planet that the main, that the story starts on. The lava planet where Grief Karga is. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't but remember. anyways, they, they uh, destroy the secret Imperial base. Hold on. This is when they find... Um, is it a, it's an M word? Mm-mm. Navarro. Navarro. I was so close. Um, this is... The big thing for me with this one was we started seeing... The roots of the First Order. Yes. Snoke Vats. Yes. So. I'm going to go season two on this one. Okay. I liked seeing, I liked them laying the groundwork. It introduced a new level of importance for Grogu. We mm-hmm. had suspicions, but we hadn't had confirmation. M-Count, Dr. Pershing, Moff Gideon survived. reprisal of this guy. Yep. Forget his name. Um, I can't remember either. Now that I'm. The guy with the sweet selling musk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would got, I've got to say Siege as well. Okay, uh, oh, this is obviously okay. Episode five, season, the gunslinger. It's season two, huh? Huh? What? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> the gunslinger is when we meet Harrison Ford slash Hayden Christensen. 
Um, it's when we meet Finnick Shand, and this was the first time that we saw him enter, uh, talk with Tuscan Raiders, mm -hmm. do a little Tusky signy. Um, so, uh, yeah, that thing. And, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, the cool thing at the end was the Boba Fett sound. You know, mm -hmm. that was when I got super hyped. Yeah. Um, but its competitor is the Jedi, which is Ahsoka Tano and the there's, Thrawn name drop. Yeah, there's really nothing. And Grogu and Grogu's history. The only big thing for me was the Boba Fett right. catfish there at the end. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. We're on to episode six. The Prisoner, which is your least favorite episode of yeah. season one. It's my least favorite episode of, of the all show. time. Okay. And then the even tragedy. Over, even over the passenger. Okay. Uh, so the prisoner just is off strongly. I feel like um, prison break. We meet Bob Burr's character Mayfeld. You have Mister Krabs as the Deveronian. They're trying to get the Twilic out. You have the Twilic girl. That's also uh, the girl from Harry Potter that keeps going like this. Yeah, we've got two terrible Twilics. We've got bad guy Father Christmas. <laughs> uh, we got ah! Space Boston and Mister Krabs reprises another role as Mister Krabs in Star Wars. Yeah, and then that's competing with the tragedy, which is seeing Stone Grogu and Boba Fett as There's, we've always imagined them. It's not even close. Okay, two not for the tragedy there. Close. All right. Whew. Okay, episode seven of season one is the reckoning. This is when we're introduced to Moff Gideon. Um, this is, uh, the big, you know, big lead up to the, the finale. It's where the Imperials have everyone dead to rights. Mm -hmm. Um, this is RIP, the passing of Quill. Mm -hmm. Um, this is when the Blurgs are going to go on the ship and we don't care what you say. And we will show you how someone earns their freedom by the work of their hands. This is where Cara Dunes in the wrestling match. Yes. Yeah. He looks just like a bulky, non-tatted Zabrak. Yeah, he is. Um, and then The Believer, uh, season two, is the Bill Burr reprisal. Mayfeld does a really great job here. Great this vindication is, for Mayfeld. Um, this is the one of the biggest character-building episodes for The Mandalorian as Din Djarin removes his helmet to be able to get the information. Mm -hmm. And then you have the old... Uh, Mayfeld just kills the freaking commander right in front of everybody and yeah, they shoot cool. their way out. And the seismic charge at the end of the day. So, which one do you got? What do you think? I think you're going to go season two, but I'm going to go season one. I'm going to go season two. And I'll tell you why. The majority of the episode for chapter seven is slow. All the way. For season one? Yeah. Okay. Until the end when we have, you know, the big, the big reveal and, you know, the guy who we thought was the big bad, the client, all of a sudden, small peas. Small potatoes. Yeah, but dead, don't forget about don't forget about those crazy bats that were on Navarro that were freaking attacking the people on the fire. Oh, I remember. And Grief Cargigus, that really bad wound. Grogu uses the force to heal him. Mm -hmm. There is some really good stuff. There's some good stuff in there, but I don't think it compares to everything that goes on in Believer. Uh, okay. We got Seismic Charge, which is basically equal to Moff Gideon in my mind. <laughs> uh, we've got good character development from Mayfeld. We got good. Uh, comedic relief. Great character but, development for Din Djarin. Great action. Din Djarin suddenly has a new set of principles. Yeah. I think there's just... I think it does more for the story and more for the show. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I'll go with Reckoning. Um, just because I really did enjoy that episode. And it's a shout out for my boy Quill. 
All right. Um, and then the final episode of both seasons, Redemption for season one, uh, getting Grogu or keeping Grogu safe. Um, this is when we first have the Mandalorian's face revealed. IG-11 sacrifices himself for everyone versus the rescue. Obviously, both of us are going to vote for rescue on this yeah, one. Yeah, but this... I don't want our obvious answer here to downtrack from how great. how great the comparison is here. You know yeah. what I mean? Because in my mind, these are this is the hardest to compare two episodes other than maybe the first two of each season. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Um, so, okay, this is kind of a funny thing, but what's the biggest discrepancy, obvious choice, this one over this one from either season? What do you mean? Like... Looking at season one, season or episode one, episode two, episode three, what's the one that was like, okay, clearly this episode from this season is greater than its counterpart from the other season? Prison Break. Prison Break is the worst. <laughs> the Prisoner versus Tragedy. Yeah, that is a pretty, pretty steep. You know what's crazy is how many people really love The Prisoner and hated The Gunslinger. And I really liked The Gunslinger and I didn't care for The Prisoner. Um, the Child and the Passenger is also... Season one being greater than season two. True. Because that's when Quill gets most of his action. Right. You get the Suka. Right. Pretty cool stuff. Rah. So, by our calculations, uh, season two uh, wins by a score of 10 to 6. Mm. So, we would Basically say that... Basically landslide. Yeah. Closer than I thought it might be, but pretty, pretty outstanding there. Um, and I think it's going to get better. I just think it's going to get better from here. Uh, they know what they're doing. They know what they want to do. And they, because of the success so far, mm -hmm. nobody can really tell anybody no. I don't think that anybody's going to... You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you have the guys, the original solo guys, the Lego movie writers uh, that stepped down. Ron Howard stepped in because creative differences. Mm -hmm. No such thing as creative differences. Yeah. I think that... They work together so well. Yeah. I think that... I think that Disney would consider letting go of whoever was questioning John Favreau and Dave Filoni's direction with the Mandalorian. I'm serious. I know that's silly, but yeah. that's how good they are. Yeah. I think that season two has been what a second season should be. It's taken everything that was given to us in season one and just and built it's, on it's it. just made it better. Yeah. My only complaint, I wish Kuil was around to see it, but sacrifices must be made. Okay. Mm. Um, last thing. Um, and uh, before we, before we, um, well, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, where does the show go from here? What do you expect from season three? Um, we kind of talked about this a little bit in, on Saturday's episode, but. It's really hard to say because at the end of season one, we had a very clear direction. Right. Where we were headed. We had a whole quest, you know what I mean? And now season two has done something interesting in that it completely satisfied the quest and yes. then gave us nothing else um which is an interesting move for mm -hmm. a show that definitely wants to be on for another one or two seasons they used all their cliffhanger potential for the boba fett setup mm -hmm. um, which don't get me wrong was sick mm -hmm. um the only thing i can suppose based on what they've done is that they want to go in a strong new direction because they set up no groundwork to continue the present storyline. Right. I think, yeah, I totally agree. I think that we are going to, um, we're going to see 
the Mandalorian's character grow just like crazy in a new direction, just like you're saying. I think it's going to go this direction. I think it's going to go this direction. This is the only thing that's not satisfied right now. You won this, don't you? Um, Yeah, I think that the only thing that makes sense that they set up, unless they, like you said, unless it's just something completely out of the blue that we haven't seen yet, all clues lead to Mandalore. Yeah. Which is wild because in the episode, The Rescue, uh, Din Djarin clearly doesn't give two craps about what's going on in Mandalore or the Darksaber. Yeah. But now um, he kind of has to. It's it's like Aragon, you know what I mean? Hmm. Like he wanted no part of the war, but then he became a dragon rider, not by choice, and then... Now you're at now the it's front. shafted. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the, the Jedi. Lord of the Rings. Hey, or, here's, a, here's yeah. a war. Also, you're a general with no military experience. Right. Um, so, a uh, couple Grogu questions. Okay, go ahead. Do you think R2 recognized Grogu? I don't know if he recognized Grogu, but he definitely recognized the species. He was, seemed very excited. Yeah. Do you think that Grogu recognized the Skywalker bloodline in Luke? Um, we talked about this a little bit off air. Um, in Legends, people feel a certain way in the Force. Mm-hmm. And... Um, well, and I don't think it's necessarily specifically Legends either. Because we kind of have it satisfied. Well, it for sure happens in Episode 4. Because right. Vader says it's a presence I haven't felt since. Well, not just that, but... There was a familiarity that Palpatine recognized about Luke that led him to the conclusion. That oh, you're right. You're Luke right. Vader's son. You're right. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. That would be interesting. Um, he definitely knew who Luke was as far as maybe just the presence of the Force around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anything, even if he's not like, oh, that must be someone related to Anakin Skywalker. You know, who knows if he even remembers Anakin, but. Um, I assume he does, which is crazy. Uh, he definitely recognizes the Jedi mastery in him. Mm-hmm. He definitely recognizes that. Um, there was some immediate kinship. And maybe a more... The way he approached the TV, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know when you're... when um, If you're a sports fan, if there's a player that you're expecting to act a certain way or pan out a certain way and they don't, and then a player of similar caliber comes along and they do pan out... Mm-hmm. Maybe he even feels the the next level of excellence in Luke as a Jedi. Because Or maybe he recognizes what Anakin's potential was meant to be and he senses that in Luke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that there was something very clear in the force around right. Anakin. Mm-hmm. Well also it's like when you um you know, in uh Master and Apprentice, people start talking about they recognize, you know, different parts in Obi-Wan of Qui-Gon or they're like, or or differences and things like that. It could be that some of the wisdom, I don't know, I don't know how this works, but some of the wisdom that Luke carries from Obi-Wan or Mm -hmm. Yoda, he kind of understands the presence of that knowledge. I don't know, it's kind of a deeper cut. Um, And who's to say that he wasn't talking to him non-verbally don't worry kiddo here i come Mm -hmm. because that's how ahsoka talked to him the whole time Mm -hmm. um also well i mean we have that precedent set for not just in legends but in empire as well when luke and vader communicating mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah exactly um and then 
another question for the future for Grogu is... Um, I'm curious if it's the same question I have. Will we see a reunion? And if so, is it kind of like, hey, here he is. He knows what he's doing now. Or is it, we'll check in on him periodically? My question was very different. Okay, what was your question? Does Grogu survive another Jedi extinction? I don't think that Grogu will be near Luke's academy by the fall of Kylo Ren, if that's what you're referencing. That is what I'm referencing. Um, one, he's impervious to fire, <laughs> as we know. Um, I don't think that he's around for that. I think that they... I think that... I did hear recently that somewhere in the investor call years ago when they first talked about the Mandalorian, they said, if things go well, we have plans for up to 10 seasons. I don't know if that's accurate. That's just something I heard. Um, but that being said, they have a far future direction that they know that they want to take the show. Um, and who knows? I, I think that... Okay, so... Ahsoka said that she felt enough potential power in Grogu that she was afraid to train him because he could do something similar to what she had seen happen in the past. Mm -hmm. So he's not just an average Force user. His midi-chlorian well, count must be through the roof. And what's interesting is that we're going to have the kind of Luke that everybody expected in training Kylo, training Grogu, because he's probably also going to sense those problems. But here's Luke you're pretty fresh on the coattails of redeeming Vader. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's an interesting situation. I can't, can't really think of anybody else more well suited to train him. I do wonder if, um, if at some point Grogu will just leave and reunite with Din Djarin. Um, it'll be I don't know. also interesting to see how much more quickly he maybe matures physically and intellectually now that his force training is going to be boosted yeah i've i've been wondering that as well because i feel like ahsoka the way that she talked about it was very um he knows a lot more than he lets on but it's his mental muscles or his force connection have atrophied because he's been hiding them on purpose mm -hmm. um so being around force users being it's kind of like it, another sports analogy but if you haven't played in a while and you play on people who aren't that good, whatever sport it is, um, it takes a while. But eventually you play better when you play around better people. Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe him being around force users and being around people who are seeking out growth mm -hmm. in their relationship to the force will help him. Well, in another uh, Aragon analogy, <laughs> okay. the dragon's egg will stay dormant until it senses the presence of its rider. Right. You know what I mean? And we yeah. know so little about the species that Grogu is that it's possible that their physical and mental development is strictly tied to their force powers development hmm. that maybe like he grows up and matures more quickly because his attachment to the force is becoming stronger hmm. that is interesting that it would like nourish it well i mean you think about it on the dark side of things the sith forcing no pun intended mm -hmm. the force to act a certain way and bending it to their will definitely has an adverse effect on their mm -hmm. body so it could be i mean Okay, we only know of three characters that are this species, mm -hmm. and it's Yoda, Yaddle, and Grogu. Two of which were on the Jedi High Council. Yeah, and, and Grogu obviously has a very high midichlorian count mm -hmm. and is very strong in the Force. So it seems that it's... They have a strong connection yeah. to the Force as a species, it yeah. looks like. So who Almost knows? It's like light side Zabrak. 
Right. But what's really cool is, you know, when you're reading a book, the way that an author is able to make the book last three or four or 500 pages um, is that you send your main quests over here, Mm -hmm. but eventually there's going to be this over here and this over here. I'm very curious to know if we're going to periodically check in on Grogu. Mm -hmm. Um, Periodically, the Mandalorian gets to see him. The thing is, the Jedi, the way that they are operating now is not like yeah, so in the past really know. We you know? know if it's full removal yeah it's kind of i imagine it's gonna be like boarding school well it feels like there's you know I mean? yeah like you know in the past like it kind of it kind of felt like hey so you know it's your duty to send this child to the, the academy mm-hmm. because of their potential um but luke straight up says he wants your permission mm-hmm. and if he, if the mandalorian said not happening well and the other thing is that he's kind of still in his infancy but he's also like 50 something years old mm-hmm. so arguably the oldest jedi to ever be trained <laughs> you know what i mean that's funny yeah 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 that's weird uh yeah it's, a, it's an interesting situation the the road's wide open um well and we've spent a lot of time talking about grogu moving forward but i think he's going to be a very small part of season three yeah i think so too um, and episode uh, seven of this season showed that the show can be fantastic and it doesn't need him to be there all the time, you yeah. know? Right. And arguably, uh, uh, episode six was that way as well. Like, you had Grogu on the seeing stone, right. but all the action was with Boba Fett and yeah. the Mandalorian and, well, and uh, Finnick. Likes with episode seven, it's gonna, or I guess really chapter 15, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be interesting seeing the marks that Grogu left on Mando without him being present. Because even with him not there, he was changed. You know what I mean? Do you think they're going to FaceTime? I don't know. That'd be cool, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, So what do you think? Do you think, I don't know, it'll be weird to see, we've been doing all these grandiose things, like hunting down like the highest left imperial and things it feels like it would be strange to see him go back to like all right this guy didn't pay his parking ticket so i'm gonna bring him in right well you know i mean he's kind of back in the wild you know what i mean yeah it's almost like he's been domesticated through fatherhood but one thing that's going to be cool is he's going to be very much in the good graces of the new republic at this point and he's going to be rolling in the dough what's going to be dope is that he's like he's Jaren Unchained, man. He's, yeah. he's got no more liabilities. Mm-hmm. You, you can only think against him. Yeah. Because, yeah, he's not in my care. He's actually in Luke Skywalker's care. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah, he's, he's you know, back on day one Mando where it's just one man alone, betrayed by the country he loves. <laughs> you know what I mean? You went there, huh? That's funny. Um, so, okay. I have one more question. Go ahead. Do you think season three picks up? right at the end of season two or there's some time there mm. you know i was talking with skeleton astronaut about this and they, he was saying he would like for some time to go by so that if we do check on on grogu um, there'll be some changes there'll be some changes in him right maybe here well, and voice. we've got to kind of close the distance between this and force uh, awakens force awakens right maybe theoretically yeah theoretically everybody's I, been kind of a it's like an unwritten agreement that this kind of tapers off where that ends or starts up? Well, I don't think that it needs to go all the way up to that story. What I heard before the show started is that we would we would definitely see the beginnings of the First mm-hmm. Order. 
Um, but when, in that book, Bloodlines by Claudia Gray about Leia, it's like far in the future. And everybody's like, yeah, the First Order, you know, no well, big deal. That's what I'm saying is that the First Order in The Force Awakens is pretty established. But for the most part, it seems like they're still kind of neglected. Well, yeah, the First Order is Republic. established in and of itself, but they're still not taking it as seriously right. as they should have been. Well, I mean, We're still seeing because their attack the beginning. on the Republic is un—it's unexpected. You yeah, know what I mean, it's like nobody thought it was going to happen, and Hux is so vehement about establishing basically a seriousness in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's already a resistance. It's kind of like this nebulous thing that, like, how powerful was it? How well established was it? Yeah. And then they showed you by blowing up the whole star system of things. Right. That's so funny. Where they get their bankroll, dude? Palpatine? I guess. Um, okay, so uh, before we go into this final segment of just a question and kind of speculating uh, what we saw at the end of the credits, uh, we would be doing a disservice if we didn't take a second and talk about the passing of Jeremy Bullock mm. uh, this past week, who was the... Uh, the physical portrayal of Boba Fett. Heddly doodly named Reno's. Yep. Uh, he was, uh, <clears throat> everything I've ever read about him was uh, just, he was an awesome guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray Park, who is always really, really kind to fans, uh, said that when he first got into the Star Wars family, that, you know, before even really anybody knew who he was, he was just doing press stuff, but nobody had seen Phantom Menace or anything, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, Jeremy Bullock was always really kind to him. The first time that um, his Ray Parks kids met Jeremy Bullock, I don't know when this was, but years ago, um, you know, Ray Park was like, yeah, so this is actually Boba Fett. And they were just enamored. And basically time stopped on a dime and he just, you know, got on their level. And any questions about Boba Fett, anything they wanted, pictures, you know, anything like that, he was just there for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Hamill said that he was... Basically, uh, the way that you picture an, a, a British gentleman in your mind, that was Jeremy Bullock. Uh, so that's really cool. He just seemed like a really neat guy. Um, so uh, I just want to say rest in peace. May the force be with you. Um, pretty, just a sad, it's kind of sad. I saw uh, a graphic or a drawing or something, and it was um, R2-D2 and Leia mm-hmm. and Chewie and Vader and all Boba. Force ghosts. And they're all like... You know, hanging out together. It's just crazy. Like, that's, I don't know. It's going to be a really, really rough day um, when Han or Luke or George goes. Um, but time goes on. I mean, these guys were all. George will never die. I hope not, man. They, it's, the, these guys were all adults, you yeah. know, in their 30s and 40s whenever this, you know, really took off. 40, 40, you know, coming up on 45 years ago in 2022. So. You know, it makes sense, but you still hate to see it happen. It's The characters and the stories are so timeless mm-hmm. that you forget that, you know, we're all living in Star Wars Narnia and people are aging right. in the real world outside of the of the wardrobe, you know. Um, but we just appreciate his contribution to Star Wars. And, and what we're doing right now, discussing The Mandalorian, would never have been a thing had it not been for him portraying Boba Fett in such a cool way. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just the way that he carried himself. Um, I saw a little tribute video, and there's some behind-the-scenes pictures and footage. And, um, you know, between takes, he's, like, slouching like this, and he just doesn't look Boba Fett at all. It's almost like how you see Boba Fett in Robot Chicken, and he's mm-hmm. like, hey, like, it just doesn't look like Boba Fett. Um, 
and it just showed how great and professional he was at, okay, the cameras are turning on in three, two, and it's like, this is the Boba Fett persona. Mm -hmm. And that persona and the costume really created um, just a love and a fan favorite character uh, that is just on a whole nother level. You know, it's Phasma was there for a split second and then we saw the movie and it just didn't carry out. Boba Fett, for the longest time, um, people were like, so what is cool about Boba Fett? And you just have to say, oh, he's just, he just is what he is, man. He is who he is. Uh, and so he created that character with his acting. And uh, and because of that, we got, you know, Jango Fett was revisited and mm -hmm. Boba Fett was in the Clone Wars. And, and really the Mandalorian being a big deal uh, was because Jon Favreau loved his Boba Fett toy when he was a kid. Uh, so just a crazy coincidence that all these years later we're building on kind of his foundation yeah. a little bit. Uh, so final thing, do you, we talked about this a little bit a while ago, but do you think that the book of Boba Fett is the same thing as Mandalorian chapter three or is it its own show? I think it's its own thing. Okay. If it is its own thing, do you think we're going from Mando season two ending forward or will it be uh, just a smorgasbord of, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's similar to like I the Lando gonna, show. I think it has to kind of hop back and forth. There are too many questions. Yeah. Um, and not that they're going to be starving for content by any means, but I think it's just, it only makes sense to kind of fill in some of those pieces. You know yeah. what I mean? How did he get out? How long was he looking for the armor? How did, you know what I mean? Yeah, one of my things we need to one know. of my big questions like, was, uh, if he knew Cobb Vanth had it, why not just go and kill Cobb Vanth and take it from him? Yeah, you maybe, know what I mean. Maybe he had just tracked it down. Maybe he oh, yeah, heard maybe. about Mando. Yeah, you know what I mean. He hears about a Mandalorian. He's looking to enlist some help. Mm. Um, I mean, because stuff like that, you got to think about how much junk these Jawas trade in. They're not necessarily keeping up with each other. It's not exactly yeah, like that's they true. keep sales receipts, yeah, you know what I mean? What about that? What if... One lead. Well, yeah, it's crazy. Cobb Vanth had to have worn it pretty quickly after the Sarlacc because he was watching the destruction of the Je of the Death Star when the Mighting Guild moved in and he ran for his life. Well, and we never really knew for sure how long... It was before he came back and established Freetown. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know what that time window is. The Jawas pick him up. He has the ice cream maker full of precious jewels. <laughs> and he trades the Camtono for... The armor. The armor. Yeah. And we assume he comes right back. You think Freetown's just a, a bunch of boffins? Think they're dead without the armor? Oh, man. All dead. All dead. Um, man, that's something that we need to see. Where are the Bothans in all these shows? Come on. You want to talk about fan service. I'll believe in fan service whenever right they're invisible. They're um, in every scene. Would you believe it? <laughs> I think that... Um, I would like for somebody to make me like Bothans again. I hate them because of the Air of the Empire series. Oh, really? Yeah. Phalia is a... Borsk? Yeah, just a class A wiener. Can't stand him. And all the Bothans are just wieners, man. I could just, there's not a better word. They're very self-serving. Yeah. They're very self-serving. Can't stand them. Um, when you read that Legacy of the Force series, you'll you'll like them a little bit better. 
Um, I don't know. You got to do like what eight nice things to undo one mean thing. I think it's like eleven. Uh, yeah. So, Book of Boba Fett. I would love for it to. I assume it's the story of how he got out of the Sarlacc and from there. But I really would like to go a little bit further back. Well, it's stupid for them to set up him now being the king of Tatooine and not talking about it. You know. What yeah. I mean? Yeah. I would like just both. I'd like a whole. What do you think about maybe it kind of picks up where the uh, old Boba Fett story was, and now he's setting up like a competitor's uh, bounty hunting guild. Hmm. Maybe that would be cool. That would be cool. Bounty hunter wars. You got freaking now probably. I mean, easily top three bounty hunters. It would be Finnick, Mando, and Boba, and two of them are in that. Hut? Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think... Pun intended, though. I think that they'll probably... They made it look like the Book of Boba would be... I don't know. They established him as the crime boss that took over Jabba's palace. Mm -hmm. But that might have just been a, you know, the story goes on, but we could go backward in time. The Here's rumor the thing, was... Though, now we've got a powerful crime boss with a moral compass. What does that look like? Um, yeah. Because he's still kind of good to his word. You know what I mean? Well, I think it, he's good to his word as long as it gets him where he wants to go. He didn't want to go wherever Mando was going, but he gave him a promise and he said, you know, we would ensure the child's well-being. Right. What I'm saying is, um... I mean, he made that deal and he was good to it. He made yeah, the yeah, deal because yeah. it served him, but he was still good to it even when it wasn't. Right. I'm just saying, yeah, it is interesting... But I'm sure, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, mob bosses, you know, freaking the, you know, Al Capone and stuff. Like, even though he was crazy and he beat you to death with a baseball bat, you know, it's kind of like the Godfather. It's like, hey, on the day, this, the day of my daughter's wedding, you know, ask me a favor and I'll grant it to you. Like, there's always a, the good bosses that last a while, there is some type of a code. And even though to me and you, it look, doesn't look like, you know, it makes sense. It does to them. I don't know. Jabba was around for quite a while. Yeah. He was a grade-A Sleemo. Yeah, he was, but... Jabba had no moral compass. The Huts are the Huts. They're just a different breed. Yeah, but that kind of like... You know what I mean? Goes, yeah. Goes in the face. They were for perhaps maybe the longest ever standing. Well, what I'm saying is I think that... Republic. I think Boba can be the Boba we saw in Season 2 and still be very successful. Because his goal is still whatever serves me the most. And I guarantee you when he showed up to get that armor from Mandalorian, he didn't think... I'll give you my word, and then four dark troopers will dis descend from the sky. It'd probably be, hey, you know, we'll grant you safe passage off this planet or whatever. I don't think he was thinking he was making a deal for as big of a deal as it became. Yeah, but the main fact is that even when he got more than he bargained for, he stuck around. Yeah. I, I, did you ever think that was outside of his character? I mean, ever, he's a bounty hunter, you know what I mean? So it's, Yeah. I, I do think that... I don't think Jango would have stuck around. Oh, I think so. I think if if they are going to unpack a little bit, and if the words that we saw were correct on his chain code, and um, Django was a foundling raised by Jaster Mareel, he had a he had some kind of a code. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I guess one could argue that he stuck around in the in Battle of Geonosis, but yeah, where else are you going to go? Well, I think that um, in Legends, it kind of became that as well. Um, I think it's 
maybe because it was for the armor, like it was his father's and he wanted it. It was kind of like doing the right thing because it was a bigger deal. I don't know. It didn't strike me like that. But I don't know. It didn't strike me as an exception. It, se it seemed more like the rule. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hope so. I like I like the way that he was. He was still ruthless, and no, he still I, didn't give I'm a saying, crap. I think it's cool. It'll just be interesting to yeah. explore a crime right. syndicate with. Some yeah. Sort How of... do you keep a leg up on the competition when your competition doesn't give a crap? Right. Just um, being the baddest. Hey, but we got a show called The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. We saw a young Yoda species character that we found out was named Grogu, who survived Order sixty six. We got an Ugnot voiced by Nick Nolte. Uh, we got Los Poyos Hermanos, got, bad guy. We got Dark Troopers back. Crate Dragon. We Crate got Dragon. Off World Jawas. We got Sand People. Getting to see them in like uh, more than just ruthless. They're shooting at the Pod Racers context. They yep. got a culture. We got uh, we got Luke Skywalker. Got Luke freaking Skywalker. We've got Thrawn name dropped. We saw a live action Ahsoka. And before it's all said and done, I would bet you that Book of Boba Fett is a highway to Bosk. I bet you we're going to see Bosk live action before it's all said and done. You think they're friends? Uh, I think that they're not enemies. I think they're not as friendly as they were in the Clone Wars, but they're not as... In, they're not as... What if because Bosk is familiar with Boba, he thinks that he can run the gun? You mean like he wants to work... Yeah, he saw Boba take over, but he knows Boba... And he's like, I could take Boba. And now he tries to take over. Oh, maybe. Um, in the certain point of view from Empire, he's talking about working with Boba still. Mm -hmm. So who knows? It's definitely not as cutthroat as it used to be in old books and well, things. And it's, the difference there is that in that setting, they're still kind of peers. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now there's like a... a there's, a, there's a gap. That, you know... Also, we don't even know if Bosk is alive, but I, I think that he is. I, it's my understanding that Trandoshans live for quite a while. Well, They're not... kind of like the Wookiee counterpart. You right, know I mean? but he was on the sail barge. Um, was he? Mm-hmm. Interesting. But we know Dingar and Imbo for sure survived. Well, we know that... Uh, Imbo kind of has a moral code. Yeah, but he's not He's not charge. the boss. Yeah. You can afford to have a moral code when you're not in charge. Right. Man, it's going to be interesting. We'll see. He didn't have very much of a moral code when he walked up and just shot Bib Fortune in the gut. There's definitely, yeah, it's definitely. I, I would count on literally anybody in the galaxy walking up and killing Bib Fortune if they could get away with it. Right. Yeah. What a scumbag. It'd be cool if he was just him and an army. That was the first Twi'lek that uh, Mando did right. It was. He was a, a cool. If it was him and an army of like Tuscans and Jawas, just taking over stuff. Also, you would think that he would just want to pick up shop and move somewhere else. I would not want to live on Tatooine, especially if that's where I got killed by a Sarlacc. I think it has more to do with the fact that that's kind of where he was made. You know what I mean? Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. People kind of have a... An attachment that, to that sort of thing? Yeah. Who knows? I did see a funny thing that said if Din wasn't in such a hurry to get a sigil, he could have had a Kraid Dragon instead. That's pretty funny. You can have this furry rhino, or you can have a dragon. Both of them are cool, though. Get two signets. Yeah, what if he just chooses his own? Because he's already broken the code, basically. I don't know. He would want Mudhorn. Okay, do you think that we'll see... Hey, so uh, this is, the uh, that we know of, the first Mandalorian Jedi since 
Tarvisla is Grogu. Yeah, I guess technically. Right? Think about it, because well, he's... technically, maybe not now, because he's been relinquished to his kind. So she said, until you return to his kind, you're a clan of two. Is he no longer a foundling if he's part of a different order? He was still a foundling taken care of by... Once you leave the order, you're still a, a member of the family, though. It's But what if now they're excommunicated from the Watch? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in the air. Yeah, but it's different. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I same, same, but different. Um, uh, it is interesting because um, in, uh, in America, in real life, um, you can relinquish uh, a, ch a child of birth by blood, their rights to, you know, your um, inheritance. Your stuff. But you cannot relinquish the rights an of an adopted yeah. child. So who knows? They're very, foundlings are very important to them. Mm -hmm. So, as far as we know, this little guy, the first Mandalorian Jedi since Tarvisla. Yeah, for it, man. Pretty cool, huh? I like to see his little ears out of the helmet. Right. Or an extra big helmet with the ears. Ears involved? Yeah. That would be funny. You just walk through the door, think, killing people with his ears. Do you really think there's a doorway that he couldn't fit through? Uh, wherever those wires were from earlier this season. He fit just fine. I know, but I'm saying... Just to get through, yeah. like, they can't bend. Be fine. Um, but we'll see. Uh, hopefully Mando gets a new ship. Yeah, RIP Razor Crest. Knowing him, they're just going to buy another one. He's a creature of habit. He is a sentimental guy. Yeah, you know what I mean? He is a sentimental guy. What if but he I has enough he money that he makes one out of Beskar? Oh my god, no way. That would be sick. There's not enough. There's not enough money in the galaxy. There might not be enough Beskar in the galaxy. Yeah. What do you think? I guess the the armor has all those old helmets and stuff that she was melting down. Yes. Um, do you think we'll see the armor? I think she... I'd like I to see the armor in Bo-Katan gonna... fight. Oh, I'd love to see the armor rip Bo-Katan a new one. <laughs> I'd love to see that. No, no blasters. I bet that there's going to be a... Because she's the remainder of the Death Watch. Bo-Katan is the remainder of what she sees as rightful Mandalore. Which, first of all, Bo-Katan, like, which side are you on? Right. She was Death Watch until she wasn't Death Watch, and then she was True Mandalorian. Ironically, then... it was the death of her sister that turned away from Death Watch. She watched a death and left Death Watch. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. I don't know. And she said an outsider would never... I would never... in charge. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> she said an outsider will never rule Mandalore. Does she consider Din Djarin an outsider? I would, I would like to present to the court Exhibit A once again. <laughs> so, we'll see. Man, what if he really could unite all the Mandalorians? That would be sick. All of the what Mandalorians if he does a, against... a Mandalorian version of Anakin taking over the or the son and the daughter, bringing them both to their knees. Mm. Neil. What if uh, him and all the Mandalorians versus Thrawn? Thrawn. Do you think there's more dark troopers, or is that it? I think that was it. Think so? I think that was it. Yeah. Uh, first of all, because they're very expensive. Um, yeah. And I can't really imagine Gideon letting something like that be out of his grasp. He's mm -hmm. a very controlling guy. And do you think Gideon's ship was like the whole base, or do you think he had somewhere he was operating out of? Well, he clearly of? had other 
depots, you know what I mean? He had the station with the cloning, he had uh, the one where they were doing the Rhydonium. Mm -hmm. You know, he had other things going on. I think that was just kind of his headquarters. I think he needed to be in the wind. That's so crazy. So I guess the people with the Rhydonium knew of Gideon, but were they under his control? Who else? You know what I mean? Who knows, yeah. Nobody really knows who they're serving at this point. I mean, they clearly have some sort of plan. They were going to do something big, nasty with that Rhydonium. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is maybe maybe because they're all still loyal to the Empire, they're mm. still able to communicate with one another. But it could be... Um, I think everybody in the Empire probably knew that Gideon was in charge at that point. Really? So he's big boss, huh? I would think so. And Thrawn is doing his own thing somewhere. Yeah. Because when they were doing the, on the freaking uh, Eris, mm -hmm. that was something off in another realm, and they were reporting to, to Gideon. Gideon. That's true. All signs point to Gideon, until Thrawn comes back. Do you think Gideon will escape? He's a pretty slippery guy, um, but I think maybe the Republic wants him too bad to let that happen. Yeah. Man. Especially with Luke kind of still involved. You know what I mean? He does have that X-Wing. So I imagine that Luke stays on the ship and helps him take it into New Republic. No. That's why he got in the elevator already. Did he? He already, remember? Oh. That was like the last thing he got in the elevator and the door closes. Oh, he doesn't care. Um, he cares about the Jedi. I think Luke is very out of touch with the New Republic. Well, I mean, that was kind of... That's kind of legendsy too, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, Lando and Han and Luke all kind of relinquished their military titles pretty much as soon as the war was over. Yeah. Um, we could get... Man, so really honestly, we could see little or no of Cara Dune until Rangers of the New Republic. Um, we could see little or no of Grief Karga. I expect see... she gets something of a promotion. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I would expect so. Yeah. Um, pretty much the biggest bounty in the galaxy at this point. Do you think that someone like Mayfeld could work with the Mandalorian full-time? I think that he would be predisposed to work for Mando after everything that Mando just did for him. Mm-hmm. I'd just like to see him again. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we could go on forever with that because it's such a Indeed blank canvas. But... Um, that is all, and, uh, man, so we're going back to the one episode a week format because Mandalorian's done. Yes, we are. And, uh, I don't know, when, do you know when Bad Batch is coming out? Not off the top of my head, no. It's my understanding, I think, it, five months, maybe? Oh, so it is between now and next Mando? I felt like it was supposed to be. I felt, I think, I seem to remember that being, like, the first one that's gonna come out, but I, I'm, I'm bad at these things. I couldn't tell you why I think that. Dude, who, like, what are we going to see in the Bad Batch? That's going to be wild. I don't know, man. Any, uh... It says no official release date for Star Wars The Bad Batch just yet, but we okay. know that it will be released in 2021. Okay, I expect it'll be before. They got to do something to keep Disney Plus alive. Dude, so Bad Batch, maybe like in the early summer or something like that, and then Book of Boba... And Mandalorian Season 3? Well, we still got to figure out when... Uh, I mean, there's all the other stuff, too. The Ahsoka show. Yeah. 
I don't know when that is. I don't know, but that and the Rangers are they're all supposed to overlap, converge. Mm-hmm. So Thrawn is Star Wars Thanos. I think so. Oh my god. I expect it. You know what I mean? There's who else? You know what I mean? Palpatine's not around yet, Snoke's not around yet. Yeah. Ah. Uh, I know that he's supposed to be a villain, but I just he's not Oh, I will be rooting for the Empire. He doesn't yeah. He's not uh, jingle all the way. He's not in it to keep the Empire alive. He's in it for whoever serves the Chiss Ascendancy. But maybe he has now taken on his title as Admiral in the Chiss Expeditionary Defense Fleet. And now they're trying mm. to take over everything. Could be. Interesting. Probably not. But I don't know. I just like to They've just it. painted him as such a hero in these last couple of books. I've really gotten used to it. He'll always be a hero to me. I know. Well, it is what it is. All right. We'll check in with you next week with some cool stuff. And uh, until then, may the force be with you. And uh, you know what? I have my sign off, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give the Zuga one more proper mm. one proper send off one uh, more. for the end of season two because we're probably gonna find another one by the time season three rolls That's around. That's true. All right. So uh, one more time for the Zukas. Here we go. R.I.P. Zuka. <laughs> May the force be with you, and uh, just remember. Just remember, Zuga, no Zuga, Chiss, Mandalorian, Jedi, Luke, I don't care. The only family you have here is me. Still the big boss at the end of the day. Still the big bad. See you next week.